My name's Rob and I'm the host of Real Friends, a podcast dedicated to sharing the real stories of real friends with a belief that each one of us wants to be fully known and fully loved. Today, in part one of a three-part series, I share a conversation with an old friend of mine, Rob Jimenez. Do you have any friends who just naturally make you laugh? There's just a connection, a chemistry that leads to good old-fashioned laughter? Well, that's my friend, Rob Jimenez. Rob is a first-generation Hispanic American born in the United States. Only his mom didn't want him to focus on his Hispanic heritage. Instead, she wanted him to focus on the fact that he was American. We discussed those sorts of family dynamics, along with other challenges he faced growing up on the streets of Los Angeles. Ultimately, we discussed his ability to rise above the challenging circumstances he faced early in life to achieve the rewarding life he currently lives. If you enjoy laughter and insightful wisdom, listen to my friend Rob Jimenez as he shares his colorful story. Thank you for listening. This is Real Friends. If you want to sit on this side, we can sure. do like a mic check, make sure that the, the vocal levels and everything are... And this is the first thing you're doing outside, huh? Um, no, actually oh. I've done one in Creepcore Park. Outside. Oh, you did? Oh, yeah. okay. okay. And then I did one outside on a, um, a buddy's deck. Oh, and okay. so his dogs would start barking in the background. Yeah. Um, planes would fly over. We had a helicopter fly over. <laughs> and, but it kind of added to the character of the podcast. So. Yeah. Um, so... It's funny, just, I was listening to uh, Wes and Natalie's, and, uh, yeah. and theirs sounds like it's in a in an aquarium, you know, it's like very tinny. Yeah. We were, that's the other thing, I need to learn how to, I'm doing noise reduction, okay. I think I'm also going to do loudness normalization, i got to figure out what type of um, special effects basically to run on each one of my oh, I see, um, yeah. So I'm in the whole learning process, yeah. but you're well, right. You're, you're doing so, I mean, I didn't hear any pops or anything like that, so yeah. that was actually... Huh. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Good. Yeah, um, but it is true. We were inside like an old drywalled room. Yeah. A table. Everything was, you know, there was, Mervating, it wasn't, yeah. right. And $35 <laughs> microphone, right? How good audio are you going to get off a $35 microphone? Yeah. And a three or four year old PC like this. So. But it's all, it's been a learning experience. Oh, that's so. good. Well, yeah. I'm glad you're having fun with it. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely am. So yeah. let me go ahead and open my questions here first. So this is the first time I've ever been to Veterans Tribute Memorial. Yeah. This is a gorgeous Isn't park. Isn't it nice? Yeah. How would you ever stumble across this park? So the um, I was out fishing. Uh, let's see. Where was I fishing at? Oh, at uh, uh, near Selvage Middle School off of uh, New Ball Mall. And I, mm-hmm. It's one of the county, little tiny lake. And I'm talking, you know, obviously, social. So I'm talking with one of the other fishermen. He's like, oh, you got to go try this particular park i'm not familiar with it at all and i was thinking oh weldon springs that's fairly close to august bush uh which i'm very familiar with and i came over here and i had a great time i mean i i spent probably half the time fishing and half the time just walking around this great park it is gorgeous it's incredible they have uh, three shelters here they have a great setup yeah. for kids and families yeah. Even like a little like hidden mini water type area for kids to play around. Oh, so I've never seen the water. Yeah, thing. yeah, it's it's totally so, awesome. And then see, originally water. I was thinking we would get on that uh, that elevated balcony that's uh, inside of all the trees. I saw that uh, there were actually some people. Standing oh, were there? The oh, event, so I figured. Um, I was even thinking we could have recorded down there at the bottom of the path, even if people walked by. It's 
Um, because at the park, you can tell like today, there's a lot of people out at the park. It's gorgeous yeah. weather, perfect. Um, even across the pathway there, the dog park there right. earlier, there were like half a dozen cars there and dogs barking oh, and all that type of stuff. You so, see it on the weekends. Yeah. This this whole place, there's not a parking spot oh, to get. It. Yeah, this, I believe is, it. this is definitely a destination park. Yeah, yeah. So this is gorgeous. This actually be a good pl- place nice. to potentially take pictures too. So. Oh yeah. yeah, I like taking pictures. Yeah. Um, so I'm here with my good friend Rob Jimenez. Um, Rob, how did you and I meet? <laughs> oh gosh, uh, I I believe uh, we were both standing on the wall of the the back of the church, <laughs> watching a bunch of kids. Running around like crazy people, uh, on one of the one of the summer days of, of youth ministry at the crossing in Chesterfield. Yeah, yeah, I think I remember that actually. Yep. Yeah, and I remember like sheepishly walking up to you, going, "What did we get ourselves into?" <laughs> you know what? I've thought back on that too, and if it weren't for the fact of you and maybe one or two other people who didn't inter- who if you hadn't introduced himself to me that was so intimidating to me in those early days i could have easily seen myself quitting where would it be now if i weren't involved in you because that led to like quarter life and so it's just amazing how wow that's that's kind of cool to think of me being part of that it is true it is true it's things that seem like they're just so you know um I like the way Natalie puts it, you know, coincidence is God's way of remaining anonymous in a situation. So the situation yeah. that seems so accidental or so yeah. Uh, yeah. coincidental ends up basically turning out to be uh, a life changer for me. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, and for me as well. Yeah. yeah. So if uh, just in terms of like a 60 second bio, just to kind of level set and let people know about you, um, how long have you been married? I've been married 28 years. 28 years, okay, yeah. Stephanie. And you yes, have yes. uh, three kids. Three children, yes. Uh, uh, two older children and one younger uh, younger guy. So 28, Matt, 25, Sarah, or 26, Sarah. And going to be 12 in a couple weeks, Dylan. <laughs> yes, big gap there. Same wife. I, know I always have to throw that in there as an asterisk because, you know, because this is a crazy world. <laughs> it's true. Somebody could draw like, yeah. the wrong conclusions. Yeah, yeah like it was a... Plus, I, I like, the, I like the, the, the odds breaker there. You know, it's like, oh, that's improbable. Well, you know, yeah. it actually is more of a miracle blessing. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah. absolutely. Um, okay, so as I was mentioning earlier, kind of the way I like to start things out is mm-hmm. by learning your love languages, both the way you express them and the way you receive them. And the sure. way we do that is through the five love languages. And for people who are unfamiliar with the five languages, it's a book written by Gary Chapman that groups our abilities to both express love and receive love into five love languages. And those are physical affection, quality time, words of affirmation, acts of service, and gifts. So if you're ready, We'll just sure. go ahead and jump into them and uh, see which one of them's resonate with you. So, physical affection. How important is that to you, and what's it look like these days? Especially now that you're a married man. Compare and yeah. contrast that now with, say, 28, 30 years ago as a single man. Yeah, the, uh, I think the um, the physical part of it, like going back to like when I was a young young man, you know, it was this super important part of, like, not only my being, but also like my culture. My culture as a as a Hispanic is yeah. you know a lot of a lot of hugging and a lot of you know kissing and that's the you know that's the way you show affection and that's yeah. the way I was born and raised to 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 be affectionate and uh, 
you know, that obviously, you know, translates into your, you know, your young life and, and, uh, and that becomes an important thing. And then, you know, evolves as, as, uh, have this extremely mature relationship with my wife. And, you know, I, like, I, I think I, I'm always more, uh, upset about it, you know, like, yeah, you know, not as many kisses and not as many, you know, but like, I still really enjoy holding hands with my wife. Yeah. You know, that's like one that's of the cool. things it's like, that's wow, cool. you know, like we're not young people and, and I'm sure there's people out there going, Oh, look at those old fogies <laughs> holding hands with their grandson. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right, Little they yes. know. <laughs> that's actually their son, Dylan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's still still a very important part of, of my life. I, I, um, uh, I it, and it's weird because it doesn't translate well uh, in society. Um, um, How so? Well, like so, I what I do for a living is I go out and, and I help people with uh, with solving problems in relation to their uh, uh, to getting a commodity and then delivering it to an instrument like a gas and, and whatnot. So. So I go out and I meet people and I form relationships with them. And I get to the point where I'm actually more friends with them than, than business associates. And, and uh, you know, it's funny because I'll go in and I'll talk to a customer that I've known for 10 years. And, yeah, I have no problem giving them a hug. And that's not business accepted. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and that's an unfortunate thing. And I get some weird looks every once in a while. But, yeah. you know, I, so do the I, majority I, of the customers that you do that with are they comfortable enough do they know you well enough that they're comfortable receiving a hug from you or giving you a hug yeah i think so i i you know it's a you can always tell right away you yeah. know it's like the it, it, you know it's a you kind of work out to stuff like that yeah. you don't you don't jump into stuff it's yeah. always like the handshake and the and the uh you know how guys say hello they, yeah. you know, we, we we hit each other on the back right. you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, you know? and then that just bump. evolves yeah. into more and more and more but i yeah. think i think the majority of people know where i come from I, yeah. I work on a platform of you know honesty and sincerity and that's a little bit different than a lot of people yeah. work in unfortunately so for our listeners who don't know what you do, what do you do for a living? So I work for a company uh, called Airgas, and uh, we basically steal air. That's free out of the, out of the <laughs> normal atmosphere. We compress it and then we resell it. <laughs> what an ingenious idea! I know it's uh, we basically oh steal gosh. from the earth, and uh, yeah. uh, but in all seriousness, we make uh, high purity gases that are used in a lot of different things. Uh, some of the best examples of like oxygen for hospitals yeah. um, and uh, other gases for like instrumentation. And yeah. uh, so we, we do the wide variety of those things. And yeah. what I specifically do inside that industry is I'm the product manager for the delivery, uh, the gas delivery systems. So all the ways we move the high pressure gases into usable pressure of gases, I manage that whole portfolio of equipment. Gotcha. Which <clears throat> sounds pretty boring and it is and you'll never see that as a category on jeopardy right it feels never ever <laughs> high pressure gases for yeah. 100 days <laughs> well gases yes but not not the equipment so gotcha. um so before we leave the physical affections category yeah. who's the most affectionate person that you know the most affectionate person yeah. that i know who gives the the, the best hugs that you know <laughs> well i have to say you for right. of course because you're right in front of me uh second to you um <laughs> I would say probably my daughter, hmm. um, and 
it's not so much because of like frequency yeah. or anything like that. It's just that I know when she hugs, she really, really means it. Yeah, right. And that sincerity and that pureness of it, it makes yeah. it that much better. Yeah. And plus, I, she's not longer living with us anymore, yeah, right. so I miss that daily yeah. with her. And yeah. and um, yeah, that's uh, yeah. You're gonna break well, me down really right. early in the, part of the podcast. <laughs> Well, we'll get into the kids a little bit later in the podcast, but uh, so that ends the the physical affection category. Sure. Let's go on to um, quality time. Mm. What does quality time look like for you these days? And do you gravitate more towards quality time that's active, or passive, or both? Oh, I, I I'm not really a big fan of passive quality time. Mm. Uh, I, I think active quality time is is um, it, it's life is way too busy. You. you it it, it it has to be scheduled and it's it's a little bit nauseating to think that life is so busy that you have to in essence uh, schedule that kind of time how uh, so tell me more oh I, I I think that the we we as people get caught up in the day-to-day garbage you know uh, I have to watch this TV show because if I don't I'm not cool and uh, I have to make sure I'm up on the news. I have to watch every bit of the Olympics as I possibly can, or what you know, what, whatever is that diversion, whatever takes, or I have to work, or I have to, you know, there, there's a lot of diversions, and, and you, you have to make time for the things that are important. Yeah, amen. And the priority for me is to to be very intentful in regard to having that quality time yeah. with the important people in my life. And in fact, it even stretches to you know that that next level. I want I want that level with as many people as I can possibly get. Yeah. So. so where does quality time sit in terms of like your ranking of love languages? Um, in ranking against you know. In ranking against like physical affection, gifts, oh, active um, service. Well, I near the top, near the yeah, bottom. Or uh, the no, it's I think it's closer to the top. Okay. If not, maybe the top actually because. Yeah. I think that for me, I think my the way I express myself is more in conversation, more yeah. in interaction, as opposed to you know, you know, handshakes and hugs and kisses are 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 great. They yeah. mean something, but it's when you get into conversation, it's when yeah. it's when you really have the ability to show how you feel. Yeah, and um, what you feel. So who and how do you just spend your best quality time with these days? Is it friends, kids, spouse? Is it like over dinner, conversation, running, worshiping, work? Who and how do you spend your best quality time these days? Yeah, the well, I it, it's clearly my wife Stephanie uh, that I'm spending a, a, a lot of time with, a, a lot more than over the past uh, several years. Um, how so? Why is that? So my job prior to COVID was I was gone forty eight weeks a, mm. a year. Gotcha. You know, during the week, and so I only had, in essence, weekends with my wife, and so that was um, it. It didn't hurt our relationship. It didn't, in any way, you know, get in the way of our relationship. But it just took away from the things that I think both of us recognized that we missed hearing from each other, which was the little details. The little details turned out to be the root of the whole story it wasn't the big stuff it was always the little stuff and uh do you think of any examples oh it's uh 
so I think when when COVID hit and I stopped traveling, and I noticed that the refrigerator was like never never had anything in it like Monday through Thursday mm-hmm. and and I, I remember at first I was like a little bit like perturbed by that I was like okay well, how come we don't have you know baloney you know it's Tuesday we, we, should, we, have, we should have bologna you know, or I make statements in the house like how can we say we're Hispanic when we have no tortillas in the house? That kind of stuff. And I would, and I'd say that, and I, and I, and then over time, I figured out what what was going on. I figured out that that Stephanie would actually modify when she went to the grocery store based on me you. coming home. Yeah, that's sweet. And I was, yeah. like, and and it was like, okay, so that's a little thing that I would have yeah. never ever yeah, point. Yep. recognized. Yep. Until I stopped complaining about the tortillas and said, (laughs) why is this the case? Why is it this way? And so that's that's like one example of a little thing, you know. So did you share that with Stephanie when you noticed it? Oh, yeah, I did. I did. We got a big we got a a big laugh out of it because she didn't really recognize it as being a significant. Mm -hmm. She just thought she was serving you well. She that was it was about yeah exactly exactly it was about serving yeah. and serving each other yeah that's awesome yeah and kind of like putting her putting ourselves in our categories of you know doing her job and yeah. that's the way she explained it she says hey you're doing your job because yeah. you need to do this because yeah. we needed this for our family yeah and i didn't want to do it but i had to do it because yeah. it was a significant um you know uh, ability for us to do a lot more things and yeah and then she just relegated it to i'm just doing my job yeah no. Like oh gosh, don't 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 ever think of serving me as a job. Yeah. It's it's yeah. a pure benefit. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, it sounds like it's her passion or her ministry, or just as a wife. But she feels like it's part of her role to do. So. Well, and thank God for that. Because Amen. I mean, I I I know one thing. I am not worthy of her as as my wife. I mean, well, I I absolutely am so fortunate. We live in a climate and a culture that I think also pushes back on that that attitude sometimes so yeah yeah well i think world worldwide i think that's a that's a that's a huge issue yeah but you know you you break those things you know one one family at a time yep yep right um so that's quality time uh the third category is words of affirmation encouragement and love yeah how important is it to you to be affirmed encouraged and acknowledged not only for what you do, but for who you are. And how important is it to hear those three simple words, I love you? Yeah, yeah they're, they're, it's huge. Yeah. Um, I, you know, love hearing the words. Um, it's, it's intoxicating. Yeah. Um, you know, when you, I think when you, when you, been in a relationship as long as as my wife and I have had, and in uh, the relationship with my kids, my relationship with my friends, and relationships with coworkers, and I, I think it's real important to know where you're at in their priority, like you know where, and and I think that's where that you know the three simple words as you put it are yeah. really descriptive of where you're at in their 
in their world, you know, their their little ecosphere. Yeah. And uh, for me, it's like super important here because it kind of makes me feel like okay, I'm I'm doing my job right. That I'm doing, uh, I, I'm conducting myself in the right way and right manner. Yeah. So, you know. so who do you think is the most encouraging person or people that you know? The most encouraging people that yeah. I know? Um, like, do you well, have like a, a friend or a spouse or a child who's just a natural born encourager? Yeah, the I, you know, I've been very blessed with having a lot of people in my life that have encouraged me yeah. in a lot of different ways. And unfortunately, I lost probably one of my biggest uh, mentors and mm. encourager not too long ago yeah. when my father-in-law passed away. Mm. Mm. And so he was, um, you know, he was he was more than father. He was yeah. he was close personal friend, and yeah. and uh, he's also my mentor for for work. Wow, because we we worked for the same company. I didn't know that. Hmm. And uh, he actually brought me into the industry where I really didn't know anything specifically attached to this job, except for you know customer supplier relationship yeah. and just the basics of sales and. And uh, he took me under his wing, introduced me to, to many other mentors, and uh, really taught me how to to grow. Yeah. And uh, I really miss that encouragement that that I got from him. Yeah. Um, actively and passive. I mean, yeah. you know, there was, you know, because it's father-in-law, so you you get you get treated like the son-in-law, of course. And, yeah. and so some of that encouragement was like really hard to hear sometimes. Yeah. But. Uh, but he always kind of had my best uh, interest at heart, and that that he was he was my greatest encourager. Yeah. And uh, can you think of any specific examples in terms of how he encouraged you? Um, well, you know, he uh, he put things in perspective, and uh, one of the things that he was really good at is he he would tell me that when I'm up against some kind of an obstacle that I really need to think of myself as not the power of the river trying to push through it, but the banks of the of the river, and that I can erode myself by just being persistent and I can get around whatever obstacle it was in front of me. Yeah. And he that encouragement just in that just kind of made me believe that there was nothing that actually could stop me. Yeah. And it was like I was my uh, one of the things he was really clear about stating is that you're the only one that can stand in the way of your own success. Yeah. And, you know, I really took that to heart because, you know, I've heard that a million times before from teachers and parents. and But when it came from him, it had a bigger difference because, I, I guess, because of the amount of admiration that I yeah. had from him. Because, again, he was a friend. He was He was a hero in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. You know, for a lot of different reasons. But. So in terms of encouragement, um, how encouraging of a person do you think you are? How natural does it come to you? So I I work really hard at, at being encouraging in a mm -hmm. lot of things that I do. So, uh, And I like to actually put myself in positions where I know that encouragement is a key part of it. So so I, I do things like... A, at work per se i'm i'm a i'm a trainer at work mm -hmm. so i i love to train other people i love to instill my knowledge in them and give them wisdom again i'm just i'm just passing along what was passed to me and i like to encourage that you you can be more than what you think you can be 
uh, and that's at work. So I'm also a scout leader. I don't know yeah. if I mentioned that. No, so I didn't know that. that. Yeah, yeah. I'm, a, I'm active actually at the Cub Scout pack level and yeah. the troop level. And, you know, that's, a, again, another great opportunity to be kind of an extension of, you know, like a father figure type thing and, and be encouraging, you know, with with um, with youth and, and help them understand yeah. that there's, you know, there's great things that you can accomplish. Yeah. You know, with your hands, and that's that's a very guttural root yeah. type of survival type thing. But that's a neat thing too, yeah. and and then you know, encouraging wise is, is uh, you know, as a, as a father, it's, I yeah. you know, I, I I I in fact just had this conversation with my daughter the other day about how 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 much negative my encouragement is actually invoked on her as opposed to positively. Mm, how to explain that? So you know, so we, we we got into this conversation about how parental advice is is far less uh, effective as as uh, somebody that you don't know or somebody that no. she does respect, you know, naturally, yeah. like a teacher or a mentor right. or something like that. Because we're just naturally we're idiots in their <laughs> yes, eyes. Yeah, so, yeah. Right, yeah. What do we That's, know? As that parents? was specifically the question, Rob. It was why is it you ask advice of everybody <laughs> else, and not us? Yeah. <laughs> so, so and that was her. Her response was, you know, you, you guys don't know anything. Uh, <laughs> right. We we know yeah. you guys too well, and you know we see you're human. Yes, your so, ulterior yeah. ulterior motive is to to help us improve as children. So right? Exa- exactly right, yeah. or to reduce liability and exposure. Right. right? Yes. So, which is part of it too, but. Um, yeah, it's funny that we just recently got that conversation about that and. Yeah. Uh, yeah, in- encouragement you know, could be a little bit over overdone too. So, yeah. You know. yeah, but the beautiful thing is, I found that both my kids, after they got out of college, especially once they started living on their own and everything, is that they appreciated um, my input on things much more than they did back when they were living at home. With me. So, oh, you're right, right. So I think eventually it's the like with Sarah and. Matt and the kids as they get older move out on their own yeah. I think that'll usher in a new chapter where they'll actually look back and they'll say you know what mom and dad really actually did know a lot yeah so yeah hopefully yeah. Um, you know and, and that's going to be neat to actually get you know where our relationship will change in that way too yeah. so that'll be a, that'll be pretty interesting yeah, that'll so. be fun yeah. wait till you have your first grandkid that'll really really be well, fun well we've been putting a lot of pressure on this <laughs> and, you know <laughs> I don't know if that's ever going to be something we're going to realize. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you know, the two oldest, Sarah and Matt, kind of blame us for them not wanting to have children because of of Dylan, unfortunately. Oh, and that, you know, okay. yeah. young babies are mm-hmm. they're difficult. You know, yeah, they, they got Bye. woke up in the middle of the night just like the rest of us. Yeah. Yeah. So they, so yeah, we're the we're the reason that we may not have them. Yeah. Yeah. But we'll see. Hopefully that changes. Right. I'm praying. <laughs> right. Um, so that's words of encouragement and affirmation. The fourth love language is acts of service. How important are acts of service to you these days? What does that look like? And how could somebody serve you well in your different roles, either as a dad, a husband, an employer? Acts of service. Yeah. You know, I, it's probably one of the areas that is real low for me because... I, I, my entire life, I've always kind of felt like this this unworthiness to serve. Like you know, it's just something I've always kind of put on my own shoulders. Nothing validates it. It's just you know, my my role is, is to serve. 
not to be served. And I, I get real uncomfortable with that kind of thing. And I've been in some, I remember some very awkward things that happened to me when I was younger in mm-hmm. high school. What's that? Well, I, I grew up uh, in the uh, Catholic church uh-huh. and um, I went to a Catholic high school. And I remember one of the exercises that we went through was the washing of the feet and the, and I remember just being the recipient of that mm. and just being so yeah. uncomfortable uh-huh. like and I'm not talking about like just like awkward weird yeah. feeling I mean like shaking yeah. I this was so weird and yeah. so alien to me yeah. and I, I really have that, never been comfortable that with was? that you know I I, I think it's um was it just the fact that somebody was touching you? I mean, your feet are kind of intimate parts of the body. They, they, they really are. And, you know, I'm thinking about, like, what my age was at that time. I was, like, 13, 14 yeah. years old. And, yeah. and uh, uh, you know, I didn't really have a hang of my feet, per se. But, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it was it was kind of a weird thing. It was a stranger yeah. thing, you yeah. know. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it doesn't relate to, like, I didn't like getting shoes fitted or anything right. like that. Right. But, but it was... It was just a, a weird thing. I, I I really don't know what actually pins down why I kind of felt like that, sure. except for just the just that weird awkwardness that yeah. I just I grew up not ever feeling worthy of anything. Yeah. So yeah. like I, I yeah I guess there's a, a lot of maybe circumstantial things in my life you know growing up because you know we we weren't affluent and you know it, yeah and um, it was really everything I had was something that was worked for and it was really clearly identified that it was worked for and you know everything was a sacrifice to have something else so yeah so yeah I think I think culturally I think that was part of it uh, my relationship with my parents I think it probably had something to do with that but yeah. I still I still have actually those feelings now where yeah. it's like I I, I, I I remember some times that when we were in um it's coming to me now actually yeah. now I'm thinking about it where um, I, I was going through something and I don't remember what it was I think it was a challenge with work and I didn't know how I was going to be able to accomplish something and and I'm not even re- I don't even remember what, what group I was in but whoever I was serving with decided to pray on me and I felt so mm. awkward mm. in that in that position yeah you know um that's an interesting observation. Yeah. Do you feel conscious, self-conscious these days? Like if somebody lays their hands on you? I, I think I you? would still feel Or that even way. if just somebody want to sit at a table and pray pray with you at a table. Or... Uh, so I, like, I really don't have issues with that. I mean, I really believe in the power of prayer. Yeah. And, and, I mean, it's not a matter of, like, being convinced that it's, that it's real. Yeah. It's like it's had some major impacts on my yeah. life. Even, even those, uh, you know, laying hands on me at at youth that time when I was struggling with that ended up working out like in a way that I would have never been able to foresaw yeah or I could have never came up with a plan that that would have worked at yeah you know and it's like so like after the fact it's like oh wow okay that that was significant that that was there was some real communication going on. I, agree. I think sometimes it's after yeah. the fact you see God's hand involved and stuff. Oh. You may not see it up front. You may feel yeah. uncomfortable with it up front. But yeah, yeah. Sometimes it is in hindsight. Yeah, I, I'm actually. I kind of appreciate the way <clears throat> God actually does that with the uh, with the realization after the fact. Because if I realized it during, I don't think I'd be able to conduct myself. <laughs> you know. Yeah. You know, I I'm again the, that whole worthiness thing is yeah. is comes into play. I I 
you know, it'd been real interesting if I lived in the first century yeah. where, you know, I could have so. maybe had the possibility of actually walking in the footsteps of Jesus mm. and yeah. along those paths. And, you know, I, I might have been the guy that said, no, I don't, I don't want to help, <laughs> you know, because yeah. I was so intimidated by that. Yeah, I, I don't know, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But after the fact, I'd, I'd pick up a sword, I'd pick up a Bible, I'd pick yeah. up anything that, that, you know, God wanted me to, to defend, you know, the, the kingdom. Yeah, yeah. And so, I don't know, just just yeah. a weird thing that kind of brought out of me right there. Yeah, right? No, that's it's good. kind of like incon- unconsciously of that. Yeah. You know? so. Um, so that's acts of service. The final love language is gifts. How important are gifts to you? Are you a gift card? type of guy do you like to spend a lot of time researching investing personalizing your gifts um you you hit a a sore subject with me oh really i I think the the whole creation of the gift card is directly from satan could be i really do because it is the most impersonal thing that i i absolutely i despise that i and i and i i i think gifts are worthless if they're just Amounts of money. Yeah. <laughs> you know. By the I, way, I was going to give you a gift card at the end of this, but just teasing. Just teasing. Don't <laughs> write in the face. Actually, I do have a gift card that I forgot to bring. <laughs> I will, I'll have to. I'm kicking myself in the rear or something. It's a book. A friend of ours wrote. I want to go ahead and give you a copy. It's oh. So we'll have to connect sometime after this. That's but. interesting that you brought up a book. I, I got a box <clears> from Barnes & Noble today, or yesterday, from... Uh, a friend who's also a vendor of yeah. mine yeah. and he sent it to me and I'm like, I'm like, it feels awkward to me to accept a gift, you know, cause of the whole business acumen about not accepting, you know, gifts. But I know that he sent it to me as a friend and that's, yeah. it's a weird, it, yeah. it's kind of a weird little cross thing here that, um, you know, gifts are, gifts are, are interesting because yeah. if there's no feelings behind gifts, then what's the point? I know. Well, I agree. Right. Yeah. You know. So what's the the nicest gift that you've either received or given, say in the, the past five, ten, you name it, period of time. Like a like a worldly <clears throat> thing or well, like any type oh. of gift. I had a friend who told me, for example, one of the nicest gifts he received is that some friends of his wanted the kids wanted to adopt him as their grandfather, oh, which wow. I thought, what a sweet yeah, gift, that's, right? Yeah. Yeah, what that's a sweet something. gift. Yeah. So it can be material, it can be immaterial. Yeah. Gift. Well, you know, I, I kind of look at, like, my my whole person and, and you know, I can give you this 50,000, you know, foot altitude answer and say, you know, my life has been the greatest gift I can imagine having and just everything that's gone on in my life has just been absolutely spectacular. I mean, but that's I, awesome if you genuinely feel that way. Yeah, I, I, mean, I awesome. do. I, yeah. I really do. Because, uh, and again, maybe this is why I'm wired this way. You know, like I could have never mm. built this myself <laughs> with mm. with my own capacities. There's no mean? way. There's no way I could have built what I have and who I am and huh. who I'm married to and my children. Yeah. I could have never built that myself. Yeah. So that's like the that's like the big, real high altitude gift, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I always go back and it's a, one particular physical gift. Mm-hmm. Is that you know that old cliche about the the best gift is a gift that keeps giving kind yeah. of thing? And yep, sure do. So I remember um, one time I uh, I gave a book to um, 
to my uh, father-in-law again, and uh, and it was it was a uh, kind of partially about work, and and it was it was kind of a joke because it was on it was about chemistry, and it was pretty heavy. Yeah. It was a heavy book about chemistry, and uh, about halfway in the book, I actually put a piece of paper in there that said, "I knew you weren't going to read this." Yeah. So when and he passed away, he passed away. The book came back to my house, ah. and I had completely forgot about that. Ah. And I'm just looking through the book because I was actually interested, ah. and I was looking yeah. something up, and I came across that same note, and it said and it had a response on it. Oh my gosh! Yeah. How wonderful! And that was the gift that gave back to me. Yeah, yeah, that's neat. Yeah, that's neat. And I, yeah. I thought that was the coolest thing. Yeah, the fact that you would discover that. After he passed away, After, how yeah. cool is that? And and you know it didn't have you know and I know how much of a gift it is when it doesn't have that much impact on everybody else around you. Because yeah. I remember just running around the house, going, "Oh, you're not going to believe what happened." Yeah. And it was like, "Oh, wow, that's cool." <laughs> you know, it's like no they big didn't deal. Get it. Yeah, right, it's no yeah. big deal. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, you don't. Yeah. And then, you know, then I I really I quickly gave up on trying to explain how right, amazingly right. wonderful I it know. was. I know. Yeah. But it didn't matter. Yeah. Well, those are the best gifts. Any any gift that really touches your heart, those yeah. are the best gifts, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, they do, and and that's you know, and it's I'm I'm at the point where it's like, uh, yeah, I only want those types of gifts, and I only want to give those types of yeah, gifts, yeah. you know. And it's it's uh, uh, Sarah and I, we have a contest every Christmas who can make somebody cry. Yeah, yeah. you know, and and it's Who's and she oh she's oh. way good at it. <laughs> <laughs> she's she is super good at it. Yeah. yeah, she'll have somebody like crying for months actually because of the impact of what she's given them. Yeah. You so know, can a, you think of uh, a recent gift that she's given that, that's had like a lot of impact? So she recently gave my mother-in-law a picture of a, of a beach huh. that was already, she had already had this picture of the beach and what huh. she did was she painted in my father-in-law and huh. my brother-in-law oh, who yeah. have both passed away huh. sitting on the beach together watching the sunset. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. <laughs> now you have to give me a smidge. <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah, because it... Oh, it's sweet. That had a huge uh, impact. Yeah. Um, and, you know, to, um, yeah. obviously, Sarah's did that out of her heart. And yeah. it is her... It's it's all of her being. Yeah. And that's... To me, that makes yeah. it remarkable. Yeah. Right. And for us, we had to, like, diffuse that. You know, we have to right. diffuse that because it is... That's too much. Yeah. You know, so we, like, we lost a cat, too. And we're like, where's the cat? <laughs> You know, so we right. we had to make that yes. joke because we would have been a wreck. We wouldn't have we've been crying in our Christmas meal, you know. Right. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, those are wow. Those, those are the things. Yeah. And, and yeah. you know, and 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 I know as a father, you know, when your kids do stuff like that, oh, yeah, that's you, a home run. Right you, there. you know, right. you know. Yeah. Right. I just those are the moments God. that make it worth all the BS you've gone through raising them. <laughs> Yeah, when you, yeah. you can just savor and enjoy and those those are more important than like the whole trip to Disney type moments just those moments where you begin to see your kids real heart yeah. real character yeah oh my gosh yeah. those are huge totally huge yeah well and it's you know safe to safe to assume that's, that's my whole world yeah you know? right it's like collectively like my you know Stephanie and I you know what's the greatest thing our, you know, that we'll ever leave in our legacy right, right. our children and, and we're going to talk about that at yeah. the very end is what your legacy is so so that's the five love languages. Um, that was perfection. a workout. Oh, yeah. I got to go. <laughs> I know. Right. Yeah. Can we reschedule this, the second part for next week? I can't go talk to my pastor. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if I were to ask you now, what do you think 
are Stephanie's top one or two love languages? And what are the hmm. kids' top one or two love languages? How would you answer that? Yeah, uh, you know, with Stephanie, and you would think after 28 years, it would be, oh, this is easy. Right. Oh, yes. that's, that's not an easy question. Ah. It's, um, Do you think love languages change over a period of time? I think they change, actually, maybe like hour to hour. Ah, uh, wow. I think it depends on the circumstance you're yeah. in. Um, yeah. You know, if we're, like, cleaning the house, I mean... You know, that's an act of service if I'm up there, Good you know, point. doing something, you yeah, know. And, yeah. and she appreciates that far more than if it was the opposite way. Yeah. Um, you know, I, and I, I know it's like there's, you know, there's times that she told me where it's like, you know, when, when you reached for my hand, that was like, that made so much of a difference yeah. for me. And I was just looking for a handle. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking for her hand. You're looking for the remote, right? Yeah. And you just stumbled across her <laughs> Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, uh, but yeah, I, I think with with her, I think it, it changes a lot, you know. And I don't want to like, I don't want to say it's the, you know, it's the old, you know, misogynist view of you know women having yeah. all these different levels it's of personalities. But right? the, yeah. but no, I, I think for her, she's very complex in the in the way that she, um, that way she loves. Yeah. Um, and you know, and she's got her backstory too, which is which is. You know, I, I, I always I always look at what I know about her backstory, and of course this isn't about her, but yeah. but I'm I'm always like like just amazed by the fact that she has the capacity to love it the way she does, yeah. because she her backstory is rough, hmm. and how so? Oh, just with broken marriages yeah. and and uh, just bouncing house to house and yeah. and just connections not being there yeah. and. I, I don't know. I just it's it's inconceivable for me. Yeah. And and though I came from a broken yeah. house too, it was much later in my life, yeah. and I was already in instance kind of mentally independent at that yeah. point. No. So it didn't affect me that way. So, but I just I always look back yeah. at her and go, it's amazing that she can love the way she does. Um, and again, just another thing for me to be grateful for. Right. And, you know, Plus, so. um, that's part of what I like to hear in people's stories is people who have legitimately gone through rough times especially if it's like during childhood when you really can't control it right. but you're able to rebound from that grow from that and that there's stories of hope i i love hearing stuff like that because a lot of time between that that disruptive childhood and the period of hope there's a low point that a lot of people sink to with drugs mm-hmm. alcohol unhealthy relationships oh, sure, sexual brokenness sure. um check, but it's just check, yeah check, right check. it's just mm-hmm. nice to hear that people yeah. Through the, the power of the Holy Spirit, right, can basically can be, turn their lives around, be yeah. restored, be redeemed, and that's that's part of really what this podcast, these podcasts are all yeah, about. I, stories you know, of redemption. Yeah, there's all these different stories, and there's all these different levels of of tragic, dramatic things that have happened to people, and their their ability to bounce back. You know, it's a, uh, I, I've always gone back to like the way I visualize how this is happening, where like, uh, you know, I just view God's hands are around us, just kind of holding us together. Yeah. Like, if he wasn't there, we would just be jello. Yeah. And we would just dissolve yeah. into the into the cracks yeah. in the ground. Yep. But because his hands are around us, it's kind of forming us into what we are. And that's like physically forming us, yeah. as well as mentally forming us, yep. too. Mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Yeah. yeah. All yeah. those all those things that define us. Yeah. Um, like, you know... Not one of these tragic things like, you know, divorce or drugs and all, you know, suicide and, you know, uh, all those kinds of things. But, like, 
I have two fractures in my back and all kinds of skeletal issues, which is yeah. which is weird to say out loud. And like I'm still very active. Yeah. And I attribute that a hundred percent as like God's holding my spine together. <laughs> It's like I kind of literally sometimes feel his hands wrapped around my spine holding me together and letting me, you know, continue to do things like serve the way I do. And, you know, it's 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 interesting. It's um, the world would be so horrible if God wasn't there. Well, amen. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. It's amazing that. Only a small percentage of of people actually realize that. Yeah, yeah. Well, read the book of Revelations, right? Yeah. So, um, before we get off the the five love languages, I want to go ahead and have you share like your three kids. What do you think are their um, the oh. ways they receive love the best, and how do they express their love to you and Stephanie? Yeah, the uh, Matt is interesting. Uh, extremely introverted. You know, likes you know. Loves solitary, yeah. you know. Uh, loves the animosity. Uh, oh, I'm saying that word wrong. The uh, anonymity. Anonymity. Thank you. Of the internet and playing games on the internet, yeah. and and it's and it's funny because he he in essence kind of like relies and lives on gifts uh, and and what is given to him and and yeah. because out of love, yeah. you know, he's yeah. he's stu- he lives with us and you know we pretty much take care of him. Yeah. And it's interesting how he actually turns and and shows his love back, yeah. you know. So he shows his love back, and obviously in respect, he's extremely respectful to Good. us. Good. Respects the house, respects the rules, yeah. respects his siblings. Um, helpful in any way. Huh. We ask him to do anything; it's a no question. He just does it. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And I mean, we've asked him to do some tough things, yeah. and and he's never never complains. Yeah. And I mean never. I don't even. That's not even a. Yeah. That's not like yeah. Most of no. He yeah. Never complains. Yeah. Um. And then when he like gets to a point where like he's like has a need to show it right or like uh, let's say it's a Christmas or a Mother's Day or Father's Day, he is he's the guy that understands that it's about saying it. It's about showing it. Mm-hmm. It's not about like something wrapped up real yeah. nice. It's about. So, so his words he wants of you to know words of love. Yeah, he yeah. wants you to know yeah. that he loves you. Yeah. And that, like, so, I don't think he even understands how powerful that is. That's good. There's a, not a lot of guys who are, are good at being able to oh. verbally or written express their emotions and feelings. Yeah. Especially when it comes yeah. to love. Yeah. Um, but then, interestingly enough, you know, and he probably hope he never hears this podcast. Actually, because he's going to be mad that I said this. So like, he, he, you know, he like he has no interest in having a girlfriend or anything like that because it's just. It, and his his thing is like it's it's too complex, it's too complicated right I'd now. Say, well, and I'm like, wow, that's could be a lot of truth to that. Actually, and it so, could be, and maybe you know. he's just maybe a little too smart. And I keep telling him, I said, you know, by at at your age, you know, you, you were three when right. I was at your age, you know, yeah. and jump in, you know, it's, it's not that bad. He's 18, right? He's 28. 
Oh, 28. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Where have the years I know. gone? Oh, my gosh. I know, because you remember that same kid I yes. kind of visualized, oh, too. Oh, man. Yeah. Because wow. every time I look at my 20-year-old son, I still see my 15-year-old son. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Wow. And, and uh, but, yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's, I, I, I need to tell this, tell him this more often, but I just think he's remarkable. That would be great. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I think. Telling our kids not only that we love them, but also, like with my kids, I've yeah. learned to be very intentional about it. I tell my kids how proud I am of them. Um, just intentional about it. And not yeah. just fluff stuff, but trying to, over the course of the year, when they do different things that I'm proud of, keep like a little notepad. And so mm. for their Chris, their birthday cards, try to be intentional about real things that they've shared with me over the course of the year. Oh, wow. And just each year, just keep building on that. I learned that from a friend, basically, yeah. who shared with me. Uh, well, thanks uh, for sharing without me. This, I think that's a great idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I think our sons and daughters they need to hear how proud we are. <laughs> yeah, I, well, we need. And, to well, hear. and then with Sarah, like that's a whole different <laughs> relationship. Yeah, you know, Sarah's Sarah's like my little buddy. She's always been my little buddy. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Since she was little, she's always been my she's been my like spiritual anchor. Sometimes yeah. she's she's been, you know, she she actually helped me with my path back to the water. You yeah. know. She's been remarkable, and I've never ever had a problem like telling her how I feel, and she doesn't have a problem telling me how I, how she feels and yeah. showing her love, and yeah. and and she's she's awesome. I mean, I and I tell her she's awesome all yeah. the time, and Good. and uh, and I tell the other two, I said you need to act more like your sister, and, <laughs> <laughs> and they love that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but with with Sarah, it's like I. You know, it, it, it's a it's a weird thing. It's not that I'm content with it, but if you if I had to build like the perfect father daughter relationship, that's that's what I would build. Is it easier to tell a daughter that you love her and you're pr- proud of her than it is to tell a son that you love him and you're proud of him? Uh, for me, it isn't, but I can see how that could be yeah. a, an issue where because uh, uh, you know girls are difficult to understand and just in general yeah. you know they're they're complex different uh different than the male animal per se, yeah. you know and, and um you know just growing up and living life and also reading quite a bit on that particular subject yeah. you know it's like yeah we we have to acknowledge that these are is a whole different creation yeah thank god yeah you know because yeah. right. i don't think man would have survived too long right without you know i don't think adam would have had a a, a really good history if it wasn't for eve right you know i love how uniquely different my daughter is from my son i yeah. love their they're both of their unique differences so yeah. and then our third dylan he is interestingly a combination of them both and and really but his own kind of personality mm-hmm. and he's his own his own thing and he's 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 introverted to a certain degree under circumstances mm-hmm. and then he's completely different extroverted completely extroverted in certain things so he's very selective which is kind of interesting and he is I think being raised to be very expressive in his love and, and that's has a lot to do with his mom mm. And, and she is really investing a lot into him as to understanding his place and, you know, making sure that he understands these relationships are super important. 
and and I think it has a lot to do with when he was born. So he was born after um, uh, my grandfather had passed away. He's named after my grandfather. One of his middle names is my grandfather's name. He never met my grandfather, but he had a huge impact on us, yeah. on my, on me and my family. Um, and Dylan, and we we we're sorry that Dylan is not able to meet him, but we really spend a lot of time kind of expressing to him what kind of a man this person was. And um, uh, and again, like uh, this was a, the kind of man that would, uh, when he told you that he loved you, you knew it because you could feel it. Very similar to Matthew. Hmm. And Matthew has had a very extensive relationship with my grandfather. Yeah. And uh, uh, they're very similar in that. In that, so Dylan is is getting the benefit of all that, and he's learning about all those things. Yeah. And, and so he had a very close relationship with my father-in-law as well. And when he passed, he took it very bad, mm-hmm. and and it was heartbreaking. Yeah, for him, it was like the end of the world. Yeah, and um, I think that actually has helped him grow in understanding that. It's okay to be emotional. It's yeah, okay yeah, to show uh, to show sorrow and grief and love. Yeah, and we've all learned a lot from him. We learned we learned a great deal from him that he'll yeah. never ever realize yeah. until we tell him. Right. If we tell him. Right. Um, but yeah, he's uh, he's an interesting. He's uh, he he has no problem expressing his feelings. And you know, and, and I think that's more than just being like you know the impetuous eleven-year-old. I, I think that's this is part of his character. Yeah. So hopefully we've done well with him so far. Yeah. You know, so. So that ends five love languages. What I'd like to do now is I'd like to transition and talk about you and who you are right now. Okay. Um, so well, during- I'm a mess. Thanks for all those other questions. <laughs> So during your current season of life, how would you define or describe Robert Jimenez? Would you say you're thriving and exactly where you want to be? Um, thriving but still have a lot more you want to accomplish? Or maybe stalled in decline or headed in the wrong direction or somewhere in between? How would you define who you are right now? Interesting. The, um, you know, it, it's a, I think I'm a, I'm a late model uh, performance vehicle that is at the end of its lifetime yeah. and I really would love to go fast again but I just can't afford the parts <laughs> <laughs> I like the analogy yeah I I would really love to be able to run like I used to run yeah I would I would I'm just again another weird coincidence that you brought this up because yeah. I just we had just had a conversation about this a couple of weeks ago about, you know, if we would want, if we would start over again and ah, have another child. Interesting conversation. And it was like, yeah. we're way too old for that. And the, the, <laughs> the horse is way out of the barn on that one. It's, it's impossible, right? But we had a conversation. What, what would that look like, yeah. you know? Um, my father, when he was alive, actually adopted three young children, three young girls. Oh, wow. From his second marriage where... Yeah. There, it was actually their, their his grandchildren, mm-hmm. but uh, the parents were incarcerated, mm-hmm. uh, and they were in essence destitute. And he yeah. ended up adopting them. So he's like 60, 65 years old, and he's raising um, 
he's raising like a, a four-year-old, a six-year-old, and an eight-year-old. Wow. Wow. And, and this was many years ago. But the it was uh, it was one of those things where it was like, yeah, what what would we do if we were in that position, you know? Yeah. And I, we both got to the same point where we're like, oh wow, we're right. we're we we, we 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 there's no way we 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 would not have the energy to do that. And I said, well, we wouldn't be in any choice. We would have to do it. And I said, yeah, we, yeah, we we would do it. We yeah. would just do it. We'd have to. Yeah. And so, but we kind of like uh, got to the, like the point where it's like our. our you know the reality of, of who we are as as getting much older is is uh, you know kind of setting in now. Yeah. So, you know, I think for the most part, I think that uh, like I'm I, I I feel like I'm thriving because I'm I'm now at the point where I'm also like benefiting from all the knowledge and wisdom. And when old people say that, like me, yeah knowledge and wisdom what they're actually saying is all the mistakes they made in their lives and learn from them i think a lot of times they're proportional yeah if you can learn from the mistakes you made and not keep repeating them over and over again then it becomes knowledge and wisdom right um so i think there's a there's an amount of thriving when it comes to that part too so the um yeah and i you know i don't i don't measure myself too much against I think maybe the majority of people do like how successful they are in their careers and gotcha. you know I I you know I don't I don't I just you know the, those things are fleeting you know yeah. I have uh, I, I say this many times when I talk to my peers I said I have a closet full of shirts with names on it you know none of them none of them care you know I had an old sales manager more like a mentor that said to me if you passed away, who'd come to your funeral? A good question. And I and it had a big impact on me. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you know what? I want everybody I've met to come to my funeral. Yeah. And not so much to be there to be sorry I'm gone, but to celebrate the fact that they knew me. Yeah. So, yeah. That's that's what I want. Yeah. You know. So yeah, I think I'm thriving. Yeah. But you know, the beauty of the plan is, you know, we're we're in these. Um, we're in these disposable containers right now, you know. Um, is my soul going to be open to being able to do something, you know, after our time here passes? I don't know. Yeah. Am I being prepared for something? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just open to it. Yeah. Whatever it is. Yeah. Part one of my episode with Rob Jimenez ends here. We'll pick back up with part two and part three over the next two weeks. In the meantime, to all our listeners in Podville, thank you for being such loyal listeners. I appreciate each and every one of you. You make real friends the success that it is. To a very special friend of mine, I love you dearly. I look forward to sharing more real life stories with each and every one of you in the future. Thank you for listening. This has been another episode of Real Friends. <laughs>